show is produced in conjunction with Blazing Caribou Studios. You can check out this and other cool podcasts in the Blazing Caribou family by heading over to BlazingCaribouStudios.com. If you like the show, consider becoming a Patreon and donating because BCS is funded solely by listeners like you. Special thanks to Alpha Geek Media and Diamond Club for their continued support. And as always, thank you for listening. So my buddy, he calls the Humane Society, right? He's like, hey, I found a baby owl. How do I raise it? And they're like, let it go, dick. <laughs> the Humane Society called him a dick. <laughs> Their name means the Be Nice Society. You know they weren't screwing around. And they told him this. They told him an owl that you raise in captivity will never stop trying to attack you. God. Hello, and welcome back to the Varmints Podcast. Every week we do a whole bunch of research to educate ourselves and you, the listener, on all things that creep, crawl, slither, fly, and swim on this planet, one animal at a time. I'm Paul, and I'm not an animal expert. I'm Paul, and I heard there would be cake after the episode. Cake? There's yeah, cake? cake. Oh, you were counting on me for the cake? Yeah, don't tell me the cake was a lie. Oh. <laughs> 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 oh man, I'm so excited for this week's episode because when I asked you last week about what animal you wanted to discuss, your mm-hmm. first choice literally is one of my favorite animals ever. I love these animals. That animal this week is the owl. Yes, the owl. Woo. Did you learn about a lot about owls? Yeah, I mean, uh, we, we have a lot of owls around here uh, in, in uh, Chicago, so... I had kind of a good baseline owl. Actually, uh, the most recent time I saw an owl, me, my wife and I were walking through uh, the woods by near our house, like right after dark. My wife was trying to record it and uh, get it to make some sort of noise. So she's sitting there, and you can see this recording on her phone, and she's urging the owl, like, say something, say something. <laughs> and then uh, all of a sudden, the owl opens its wings, pops out a big turd, and flies off. <laughs> to never make any noise. Yep. So, oh my so goodness! I, so, I, so I have a fair amount of experience with owls. All right. Well, by the time we get rid of we we get rid of this episode, by the time we're <laughs> by the time we're done with this episode, we're all going to be experts on the owl. The kingdom of animals is fascinating. Now I'm going to tell you about their behavior and living pattern. So come on. What in God's holy name are you blathering about? All right, owls are birds from the order Strigiforms, which sounds like something from Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's uh, it's the Lannisters and the Strigiforms. <laughs> I've, I don't, I've never watched that show. It just sounds <laughs> like something like that. You're missing and, uh, out. They're found everywhere in all regions of the Earth except Antarctica and some remote islands. Everybody has an owl, pretty much. Yeah. I, I think we all know what an owl looks like when we see it. They're so distinctive looking they have those large forward facing eyes and ear holes they have that small hawk-like beak which uh doesn't interfere with their field of vision they have a big wide flat face and usually a big conspicuous circle of feathers either around each eye or around their face that act like a big satellite dish that just funnels the sound straight into their ears yeah, they kind of look like uh, like they're wearing glasses almost, right? They do, and I think that we'll talk about it later, but that's what makes them look 
so smart. Yeah, uh, so most birds of prey actually have the eyes on the sides of their head, which is a lot different than, than how owls are. But owls have, like, stereoscopic front-facing eyes, right? So that permits them to have, like, really good depth perception for low-light hunting. The, the one downside is that they have, like, no short-range perception, right? So they have to depend on their feathers in order to... Uh, feel stuff when they're really close. All right, so owls, uh, since they have binocular vision, they have to depend on their ability to turn their head in order to change views. Uh, So it turns out that owls can actually turn their heads and necks about 270 degrees. Yeah, because those eyes don't move, whereas we can just keep our our head and our face kind of still and move our eyes back and forth. They can't do that, so they have to turn their entire head and their neck. And the reason they can do that 270 degrees is almost all the way around. The reason they can do that is they have twice the vertebrae in their necks. They have 14 vertebrae in their necks as opposed to seven vertebrae in a human neck. <laughs> and and also the op- okay, in your in your vertebrae you have openings through which the arteries travel. Now mm-hmm. in our necks, if we if we were to turn our necks 270 degrees, first of all, we'd have a heck of a neck a, a neck ache. Right. But we would probably pass out because those openings are just big enough to let the artery through. And if you turn your head too far, it pinches the artery off. It cuts off the blood supply to the brain and you pass out. The, right. op- the openings in an owl's vertebrae are very, very large, at up to 10 times the diameter of their artery. So they can turn their head and not lose any flow of blood to their, their brain. It's mm. really fascinating. And also, some owls have... Uh, ear holes that are asymmetrical and so they'll hear a sound at two slightly different times which sounds like it would be annoying but really it's only like about a one thirty millionth of a second difference it's like such a small amount of time that you would uh have between the two sounds reaching their ears right but i guess they can use that to uh to their advantage maybe when they're hunting right yeah when they're hunting they can they can use that to figure out if they need to go a little bit left or a little bit right and they can in very low light or dark conditions, they can pinpoint exactly where their prey is. Right, so they use not just their eyes in order to uh, pinpoint their prey, but they also use their like really acute hearing that's assisted with the asymmetrical ear holes. Exactly, yeah. All owls almost have like superpowers. They're amazing. Right. I've also actually uh, read a little bit that to tie all that together, they also have brains that are really well suited for processing like spatial information in low light scenarios. So they're just like super, superstar hunter, right? Yeah, they're just a hunting machine. They're mm-hmm. amazing. The owl's feathers are how they live, move, and hunt. And it's the feathers are just as fascinating as their, their, their eyesight and their vision. First of all, they have little hair-like feathers on, the, on their beak and on their feet that kind of act as feelers so that they can, they can feel what they've, the prey that they've caught. Yeah. Another really cool thing is they're on the leading edge of an owl's flight feathers. There are little serrations. And those serrations are very, very tiny, but they're just enough to muffle that wing flapping so that owls fly nearly silently, like almost completely silent, which is kind of scary. Yeah, it's terrifying. They're like a total silent killer. They do have one weakness, though. Owls are actually not capable of waterproofing their wings like a lot of other uh, flying animals can. So they can't fly in the rain. So uh, 
If you are worried about getting attacked by an owl, one thing you can do is just wait till it's raining and then go outside. <laughs> That's got to be tough on the owls, though, if it if it's raining a lot. Right. They, they might uh, end up having to go for a while without food, and uh, that, that could be a little rough. Another thing, too, is uh, owls get defeated easily by a bath. Uh, it turns out they can, like... Uh, They'll frequently, like barn owls, for example, will frequently fly into um, the troughs for horses or, or cows to uh, have a drink, take a bath, and then they can't get back out again. And then the farmer comes out the next day, finds a, dr- finds a drowned owl in his uh, trough. Over 225 different kinds of owls. That's a lot. Right. Yes, that is that is a ton of... I mean, that kind of just goes along with how widespread the owl population is, right? There's uh, quite a bit of diversity there. Very diverse, and very diverse in size, too. The smallest owl is called an elf owl, and it looks and sounds really, really cute. It's about five inches long, weighs about an ounce. I think the wingspan is something like ten inches. Mm-hmm. It's the cutest little owl you ever saw. <laughs> and then the largest is the... Well, I guess it's a tie between the Eurasian eagle owl and the Blackiston's fish owl. And those things can have wingspans of over six and a half feet. And Blackiston's fish owl sounds almost like something you'd get as like a prize somewhere, you know? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations, sir. Here's your Blackiston's fish owl. <laughs> Go hang it on your mantle. <laughs> hang it on your mantle. The sound that an owl makes is kind of... Everybody knows that an owl kind of goes, hoo, hoo, you know, makes that makes that little sound but actually owl sounds can be pretty diverse really yeah there's a youtube video it was about a minute and a half long of all the different sounds an owl can make and a lot of them were that kind of ubiquitous hoo hoo sound but a lot of them were very different i didn't know owls were i you know i thought all owls just kind of went hoo hoo yeah and they kind of just tried to locate each other that way or or whatever because they they do spend a lot of their lives silent they're really well adapted to being silent so you know they you would have thought maybe they didn't kind of develop a whole lot of communication skills but you know they got all sorts of screeches and and other types of hoots and i guess we could probably uh we'll find a a link to that example and maybe we'll put it in the show notes and we can uh everyone can listen to it at that point and kind of get a feel for all the different sounds owls make yes definitely now in uh african and native american cultures they usually associate the owl with things like sorcery, death, doom, destruction, fun stuff like that. Yeah, I can I can see why, given uh, some of the terrifying things we've uh, been talking about recently. And uh, the Kikuyu of Kenya, and I'm probably butchering that, so sorry if I am. They believed that owls were harbingers of death. If uh, someone saw an owl or, or heard its hoot, basically it was like someone was about to die. <laughs> and um, yeah... And so, it, it just in general, uh, outside of that tribe, people in Africa saw owls as uh, bringers of bad luck, ill health, and, you know, death. And a lot of people still hold that belief today in that, that area. And then you got Native Americans would tell their children, if they were misbehaving, they'd be like, the owls will get you. And uh, that was sort of like, you know, the owl was a bearer of supernatural danger. But then, to contrast that, you know, in Europe, we saw owls as, as like a you know, something that was wise, a wise old owl. Now, like when it's Halloween, you'll see the the Halloween decorations come out and you'll see a lot more owls because they still are kind of associated with with death and doom and scary Mm -hmm. stuff, you know. But in ancient Greece, the goddess of wisdom, Athena, had an owl as a symbol. And so in so many depictions of pop culture, the owl is seen as a symbol of wisdom, that, that 
the wise old owl, right? Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, I did probably also, like we were talking about the feathers earlier, right? Looks like they're wearing a set of glasses. Yeah, the, I think it's the, the, the eyes. They, they just have that very thoughtful look in their face when they turn their head toward you and just look at you. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It looks like it's a smart creature. And in every, they, like when I went on Wikipedia and looked up, you know, like birds, the birds of prey in pop culture, a lot of the owls were the wise old owl, the owl of wisdom. The, yeah, it's because they have that like stoic sort of stone-faced look on their face and they don't change their face very much because they have to turn their whole head to look around. Right. Hi there. This is Brett Stewart from Geek Cinema Society. Are you a film lover? Do you consider yourself a connoisseur of the silver screen? Well, Geek Cinema Society is a weekly roundtable program where each episode we touch on a film considered pivotal to geek culture. From Blade Runner to The Goonies to Mad Max, we dig into it all. Plus, our guest each week hasn't seen that week's film until the episode. Join me and my co-hosts, Nicole Davis and David Luzader, on a spectacularly fun journey that hits your podcast feed every Sunday. Available on Blazing Caribou Studios. So let's talk about owls and pop culture. You know, whether they're the ones doing all the work or they're only the comic relief, movies, TV, and video games are loaded with animals and owls. So let's talk about where we most commonly see owls, not in nature or in a zoo, but on a screen in front of our face. Let me ask you a question, Paul. How many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll Tootsie Pop? Well, let's see. A one, a two, <laughs> a three, chomp. Three. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's probably, the. in my opinion, it's the most well-known owl that there is in pop culture. Because that co- commercial was on all the time. Especially if you're watching, like, they don't have these anymore. But if you're watching Saturday morning cartoons, that commercial was there nonstop. All the time, yeah, and you can still see it on YouTube. Well, a well-known owl. Do you think it's a well-liked owl? Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't say necessarily well-liked because that owl seemed kind of rude. He ate that kid's tootsie pop. I mean, exactly. Come on, the kid yeah. goes to the owl for guidance. Really wants to know a genuine answer to an honest question. The owl takes the lollipop from him, licks it three times, and then just eats it. He just right. ate ate a kid's candy in front of his face. Right, it's a very dubious owl. That owl's a jerk. From one dubious owl to another one, there's also the Hooters owl. Oh, the which, old uh, Hooters owl. I I mean, I guess, you know, we all are familiar with that colloquialism of, of Hooters meaning boobs. And uh, they they what? ran with that. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know. So they ran, ran with that and made the O's the owl's trademark uh, weird glasses looking eyes, right? Wait a second. Yeah? You just blew my mind. Oh yeah, Hooters doesn't refer to the the sound they make. The hoot, no, hoot no, sound. No, no, no. The well, Hooters refers to the sound that some men make. And the and the and the double O in Hooters are boobs. Well, they they, they have are pulling double. It's a double entendre, man. It's boobs and eyes. Oh my god, <laughs> dude. Okay, I'm 45 years old. And I just put that together in my brain. <laughs> I guess, uh, you know, maybe maybe if you're like a, a man of like of good moral stature and you're pure of heart, you might not have uh, necessarily saw the, the, the connection there, right? <laughs> I swear to God I didn't. 
Yeah, no, that's awesome. I'm glad I, I could teach you a little something Holy today. cow. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you just took the last little shred of my innocence, man. <laughs> Sorry, man. I didn't I didn't mean to bring the harbringer of uh ill ill will to you there. Oh, I'm just I'm going to go around to people and go, "Did you know the two O's in Hooters are boobs?" They're going to be like, "Yeah, dude, of course." <laughs> They're going to be like, "Yeah, you're a boob." Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, man. Is there a superhero that's based on an owl? Yeah, actually, it turns out there's a somewhat obscure superhero in the DC Comics universe named Owl Man. Um, Owl Man. Yeah, Owl Man. And he had some really, really cool powers. He had the ability to cause confusion. Right? He was basically just like a smart guy who was good at fighting, like hand-to-hand combat martial arts. And he had some, like, beyond just being smart, he had some, like, mental abilities where he could uh, affect other people. uh, And he could just, you know, cause some, some havoc that way. Uh, he died off in the comic books, and for some reason they resurrected him in the 90s. I don't even know why they would do that, because it's kind of a lame character. Yeah, maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll bring him back in the next whatever DC Comics movie is next. I don't know, would even know what's next. Justice yeah, we'll League? Get, yeah, I, probably. Maybe I mean, he'll, have how a, well. he'll have a cameo in Justice League. <laughs> that, would, that would be awesome, and now you'll know, you'll have the inside uh, baseball on, on who that character is, so you'll be able to whisper to the guy next to you, Hey, that's how. Yeah, ability to cause confusion in enemies and an entire audience of people. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> the way DC's been going with their movies lately, uh, confusion's pretty rampant. I was just going to say one more uh, owl that there that a lot of people might be familiar with is Hedwig from Harry Potter. You know Hedwig? I do not. Here's what I know about Harry Potter, okay? And now uh, you've read the books, right? Right, I've read the books, every single one of them, and I saw all the movies. Okay, this is the sum total of my knowledge of Harry Potter. Sure. Okay, Harry Potter's Harry Potter's a kid uh, from England, right? Is he English? Yep. Yes, okay. he's from England. <laughs> he's going to school either because he's a wizard or he's learning how to be a wizard, or both. Right. right. Uh, and just going back to the English thing, you, you might have heard people go, Harry Potter! That's how you know, because they're doing their uh, bad English accent. Okay, okay, good, right, good. Right. So is, is he trying to be a wizard, or is he already a wizard and he's going to a special school for wizards? He's he's got some like base abilities, but he uh, he's learning to refine those abilities. Okay, right. And uh, they play some sort of soccer lacrosse based sport with brooms. Yep. Quidditch. Okay. And uh, there's a guy named Dumbledore. Spoiler alert: He dies. I only know that because when the one of the books came out, there was some guy who was just being a jerk and going around to like these book signings and telling the kids that Dumbledore dies and basically spoiling the books for them. Right, so it's it's interesting uh, that you say that. This is going to totally show you how much of a nerd I am, but I hadn't bought the book yet on the day it was released, and I was playing uh, World of Warcraft, the uh, popular MMORPG. Someone in general chat in one of the main cities was spamming chat with, Dumbledore dies, and I was oh. like, no! Oh, My wife, she no. was really kind, kind to me, though. She knows I like the books, right? And uh, she was like, oh, no, that guy was just messing with you. He didn't really die. So when he actually died, I was actually still surprised. So thanks to her. Well, that was nice of her. Yeah, yeah. So where does Hedwig the Owl fit into all this? So Hedwig is um, Harry's familiar, you can think of him as. Everyone has their own like sort of like pet, so to speak, right? And it, you know what? I think I might be getting this wrong. But either way, Hedwig's main function is to deliver harry's mail for him <laughs> so he he's the magical mail delivery system it's uh how they get mail to wizards is through owls 
Does he does he talk? No, he doesn't talk. He's not uh, he's not special in uh, in most ways. He just grabs letters and takes them from point A to point B. And Harry likes to carry him around with him when he's not delivering the mail. And uh, you know that's how it goes. And when he's not delivering the mail, he's not doing anything magical. He doesn't like magically deliver the mail. No, I I mean at least not that I remember. Maybe maybe it's been too long and I should read the books again. But I pretty much remember him just straight up flying from place to place with letters in his mouth. Okay, so he's just a, a trained owl. Yeah, basically he's a, he's a like a pigeon owl. A pigeon owl. Yeah. All right. Is a, he white? Uh, if I, I, I remember correctly, he is white. Yeah. I think I've seen this owl before. Right. So very majestic looking. You know, we, we do a, a little segment, How Smart Is This Animal, on a scale from 1 to 10. They trained that owl. Apparently, they were able to train that owl to fly around with letters. But how how, how smart would you think an owl would be? Well, so um, I don't think that they actually did train the owl. I think it might have been a lot of CG. Uh, so I'm going to say that owls aren't really trainable uh, to that type of scale right so they're probably like a three yeah and and based on what i read on the internet mm-hmm. you would be right people who train birds of prey say that owls are pretty much untrainable they're just for all the for all the wisdom that they that people think they have you know they're actually pretty dumb killing machines they're good they're good at one thing killing mice really? very quietly and eating yes. them just mercilessly and silently killing. That's it. That's yeah. pretty much what an owl does. I think if on a scale of one to ten, probably, probably a two. Right. Okay. I give an I give an owl a two because there there are reports of burrowing owls using sticks to do to make their burrows. So tool usage kind of kind of gets you a point. So right, I'm not going to give you a zero or a one. I think I think that earns an owl a two. Sure, but just keep in mind, the reason why it still is a two is if you had a friend whose uh, the pinnacle of his knowledge was, hey, I can uh, dig a hole, you probably wouldn't think that guy was pretty smart. <laughs> no, I'd give him a two as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> w- would you eat an owl? Well, I had to think about this a little bit. At first, for some reason, I thought, would I eat an owl? I don't think so, but why wouldn't I eat an owl, right? I eat all sorts of birds, so yeah, I would eat an owl. It would have to be one of the big ones, right? Oh yeah, I, I wouldn't want to be gnawing on owl bones, right? That's kind of that's just too much work to get to my food. But uh, if it was a big one and I could get like an owl wing or something like that, like you know, a chicken wing, yeah, yeah, I think I would too. Fried owl. Yeah, fried owl sounds good, man. I'm up for it. <laughs> you got anything else on owls? No, man. I think we covered the subject pretty good. I feel pretty expert right now. All right. Well, now you and I and the listeners were all experts on owls. Right. So let's go get some cake cake (laughs) oh that's right the cake was a lie i'll make it up to you i'll get some cake thanks paul Uh, all right (laughs) (laughs) all right so now we and the listeners were experts on owls Mm -hmm. feels good doesn't it yeah it does i feel smart (laughs) thank you all so much for listening thanks for joining me paul yeah thanks paul the Varmints Podcast was produced and edited by me, Paul Chomo. Technical help by Paul Wilk and Matthew Chomo. The music was provided by Kevin McLeod. Visit us at varmintspodcast.com where you can get all of our links to Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud, and I just added a like, a link, that is, to iTunes. Not a like, 
You're supposed yeah. to like me. Like me I on like iTunes. You. you like me? Yeah, I like you, Paul. I like you too. You're all right. Hey, thanks. Let's, it's a big love fest. <laughs> so please go over to iTunes, leave us a nice rating and a review, and you can contact our podcast at varmintspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for joining us. Talk to you soon. Be nice to animals. Bye. listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. If you like this podcast and want to hear more like this, consider supporting the BCS Patreon at BlazingCaribouStudios.com. A special thanks to Pinto and the Bean for our company theme music. If you want to hear more, head on over to PintoAndTheBeanMusic.com, where you can check out this and other cool tracks. From a shallow world.